0: one out of four people are downshifting or leaving the workplace today. And basically women in the workplace, we're gonna go back 10 years because of what has happened through COVID. Why is this downshift happening or why are women leaving the workplace? It's because women typically carry the burden of caregiving and household chores. So, you know, 75% of caregivers out there are women and it's not just of children it's elderly parents the follow-on is there were mental health issues and there are mental health issues and there's also loneliness issues and so we heard a lot through forward that if it wasn't for this virtual because we were doing everything on zoom rather than face-to-face there wasn't this virtual community i don't know if me in an apartment in Philadelphia, never been married, no kids, if I could have got through this without having this community around me.
1: Hey there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. Have you ever been able to look back in your life and realize you totally took for granted the incredible people or situations you encountered In 1997, I graduated from Oklahoma State University and began my career working as a marketing analyst at a commercial real estate firm named Trammell Crow Company. This particular job supported the role of the national accounts manager who was in charge of developing and maintaining relationships with the company's top 20 accounts. And if I remember correctly, that generated like maybe 80% of the company's revenue. So it was a really, really important role. So my boss at that time was a woman named Diane Patterson. I loved working for her then. I knew she was something special. I did. But now I can look back with a few more years under my belt and uh, wisdom and just perspective and see how incredible she was and just how much she grew me and taught me and the opportunities she gave me. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for that. So I stayed in that role for about three years, and then transitioned to a different company. But Diane and I have stayed in loose contact contact since then. Diane continued to grow her career serving on the global executive teams of two Fortune 500 and one Fortune 1000 companies um, during her 25-year commercial real estate career. And she was the only woman in all of those, uh, all three of those cases. She served as the independent director on a corporate board and on the boards of four not-for-profit boards. And then she shifted her energy and founded forward women in 2011. Now that's the number four WORD women, just so you know, Uh, it has since served 750,000 women in the workplace in its first 10 years. She is a wife, a mom of four and a grandmother of two, which she says is her favorite title. This was a full circle moment for me, um, as I just got to ask her questions from our time together, things about what I witnessed then, and then just kind of have some follow up now, and uh, really about how she managed to promote a healthy lifestyle, de- despite a packed like really packed work and travel schedule. Um, but also I, we really dug into her new passion of leading, connecting and supporting women in the workplace to help them achieve their God given potential with confidence. And that is through the forward women organization, we talk about the importance of being in community and having mentors in order to um, encourage, you know, spiritual, relational, professional health. And of course, that's all tied to our physical health. This was such a special conversation for me, I know you will gain several applicable tools, like she really gives some solid, solid nuggets that you can take and apply to support your own journey. Now, before we bring on Diane, I want to share the exciting news that my book, Your Worthy Body, Find Freedom and Health by Breaking All the Rules, is now available on audiobook. When I purchased or when I published this book, I was told if you are going to talk to podcast listeners about a book, you better have an audio version. So Five shorts. Five short months later, I finally have the audiobook, and of course, it is available in the Kindle ebook version and print. This is a cross-cultural look at why we take care of ourselves, why we even think we need to look a certain way, and it provides applicable ways to move your body and figure out how to fuel your unique body. Not all nutrition plans are right for everyone. And of course, if you know me, it's all covered in a lot of grace. The links are in the show notes. But of course, you can do what everybody does and just head over to Amazon and get yours. Okay, let's bring on Diane. Diane, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Amy. It's so fun to be doing this with you today.
1: It is so fun. It is so fun. So I mentioned this a little in the intro, but you were my very first boss. So how lucky, lucky me, right? <laughs> I mean, coming out of school and working for, um, you were so, you were just, so amazing. And as I have been preparing for this interview, my mind has been going back to uh, just memories and uh, things that you taught me, whether or not you realized you were teaching me. And so I'm just so excited to be able to have this conversation with you.
0: Well, you know, it's so fun for me too, Amy, because as you know, I'm passionate about helping women reach their God-given potential with confidence. And I, when I first met you. And I said, I want to hire her. You know, you, you were that, that young woman that had that confidence right from the beginning. And, um, so it's just so neat to see where God has taken you in your life and what you're doing now. So this is very fun.
1: I, um, I think I, I fooled you with my confidence. <laughs> But, but it was a really great place and such a wonderful environment to get my feet wet in the professional world world. And even though I didn't stay there as my family life evolved, it is something that I definitely hold dear and near to my heart. So I'm just I'm so grateful for that. I think Diane, you are such a wonderful person to come on the show because I talk some about, you know, my whole ministry centers around we take care of our body so we can do what we're called to do. And this is part of what you are feeding into to professional women, regardless of the age and the stage that they're in, and to living out their God-given purpose. So, And then you also have been, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but you've also been very active, you've been very health-minded, you've taken care of your body well, and of course you have a really strong faith. And so I feel like all of the elements that I am so passionate about walking with other women, you have and you have demonstrated. So I just think that you're a fantastic person to come on and get and bring encouragement uh, to to my community and maybe some uh, little tips and tricks. So that's actually what I wanted to kind of start with, because just for so the listeners will know, When I came on, you were in charge of all of the national accounts for our company and you were creating relationships and these national accounts, it was like 20 accounts and I think they brought in about 80% of the revenue. And so they were really important relationships and you traveled a lot. You did a lot. I have people saying, look, I'm trying to take care of myself, but I get on a plane or, I'm at a business dinner, and I am really struggling. So I was wondering, based off of your own health experiences and your mindset, if you had any practical suggestions for the woman who you know is finding herself on these planes and the business dinners, and like how, how do we even go about? taking care of ourselves, and eating the foods that fuel us well so we can have the clarity for the meetings, we can sleep well, and all of that. Do you have any personal experiences or tricks that that you had that you could share with our my community?
0: Well, as you know, I wrote some of those in the book I wrote, Work, Love, Pray. Um, but I feel like a lot of life is setting boundaries so that when you say no to things, you have the opportunity – to say yes to what's really important to you. And so how that really played out for me as I did business travel was one of the boundaries I put around myself. um, And as I got married to Chris, was that I would only travel an average of one night a week. And I had that boundary um, agreement with my boss. Also, as I became an executive at Trammell Crow Company and CBRE, uh, and it really may help me make sure because I don't know how someone can travel, you know, for four nights a week and really be able to take care of themselves. Because especially as you, as you get older, like I am, um, you know, it does have wear and tear, and then a few other you know, boundaries I put around myself was I always said, be in your room by 10 p.m. And, you know, my parents taught me as a as a young girl, um, nothing good happens after midnight. And so (laughs) I I really always left. (laughs) I, I always left whatever was going on at 10 p.m. And it was really because I wanted to protect myself, but I also wanted to have a good night's sleep so I could get up at 530 and have my, you know, when I was traveling and crazy life with kids, I didn't do the half hour U-version Bible study that I do today every day, but I did do a short Bible study and I always worked out whether it was 30 minutes or longer. And that was really The main reason I made sure I was in bed by 10 because I wanted to be sure that I could physically exercise and spiritually be grounded every day.
1: Well, I remember that. And you. when when you and I worked together, you ran a lot. I think you have transitioned to more of the elliptical now. But one of the things that I really noticed during that time was not only were you getting up at 5 a.m. and doing those runs while, P.S., I was sleeping and snoozing, (laughs) but you created a real community with customers and I remember watching you saying okay I'm running tomorrow who's running with me it was it was really it was really interesting to watch and I was just wondering um how you feel like that impacted your professional relationship with them
0: you know one of my my uh, favorite mentors who actually helped me when I first had the vision for forward her name is Carla Harris and she's the highest ranking woman on Wall Street to this day. She's also a gospel singer. And um, Carla just did a podcast with Molly Fletcher, who's also one of my mentors via podcast and a friend. And Molly asked her that question. And she said, you know, when you get to a certain level Everybody assumes you've got all the technical capability. So when people are thinking about who do they promote to the next position, it's not the technical capability that really gets them to the le- next level, it's the relationships. And so, I mean, I'm just blessed that one of my 5 strength finders is relater because I really do enjoy people. And it's what gets gives me energy. And I think that that was part of why I was successful as a national accounts leader for Trammell Crow and CBRE, because I just I really care for people. And I think people in business, um, a lot of times don't get cared for, you know, either someone saying, you know, gosh, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister, I'll keep her in my prayers. And they typically wouldn't get that kind of, you know, relationship with someone that was a service provider for them. So I think it just it, it makes a difference.
1: I like how you said that once you get to a certain level, it's not necessarily about the technical skills, and that it really does reach more into those relational skills. And I think that that's a great encouragement too for my community, who is trying to muster up that energy or trying to figure out maybe what that next step is for them in terms of their own professional goals, which, you know, maybe it's, okay, just investing more in the relationships of their clients or their customers and asking how their sister is or something like that, because that probably does make a make a really, a really big difference. You know, one of the things that is interesting for me to observe about our time together was that that community building time. And now, you are building a community of professional Christian women with Forward. Can you tell us some about, and, and full disclosure, listeners, I'm actually a member of the Forward Houston chapter, and I've been involved in various capacities in terms of um, uh, volunteering with that. But can you share people with people what Forward is, what it, its uh, purpose is, and, um, and how that came to be?
0: Yeah, so Forward's um, vision is to build a global community of Christian women in the workplace. Why? Because I wanted to help Christian women reach their God-given potential with confidence. And I did see many times there wasn't that confidence. Um, And we really do it three ways. We do it by encouraging digital content, which we've reached 750,000 in our first 10 years. Our community groups, which you mentioned, you're a part of the Houston group, Um, and we have community groups in 24 cities. We also in January are going to start our first virtual uh, global community group because now we have women coming on some of our virtual groups in Korea and uh, London, et cetera. So now we're going to launch a, a global community group. And we have a C-level community group that we're already sold out of our C-level forum in June. Um, And it just tells you how bad these executive level Christian women want to have community with other Christian women leaders. And then the third thing we do, which you know about, is our mentor program um and that one-on-one relationship which uh we've had 680 pairs graduate from that 10-week program so those are the three things we do um how did it come about well in 2010 i felt really called to start something because there were three things I was feeling. You know, the first was I was the only woman at two Fortune 500 companies and one Fortune 1000 on the global executive team. And I knew there was something wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other women, just as smarter, smarter, were just as harder, harder. You know, why, why weren't there more women in that global executive team room with me. Second was I wanted to bring my full self to work. And so I didn't want to just bring my work self. I wanted, you know, to be able to manage that with my family relationships and my friends. And I also wanted to be able to bring my faith to work and not that I would uh, use the workplace to be a place that would evangelize, but just, you know, be have that be respected. And in a lot of workplaces that wasn't happening. And then the third was the 2010 statistics in the basically in the survey was three things in my lifetime that had changed just dramatically over 30 percentage points. The Percent of women that had children under 18 that were in the workforce, the percent of families where women Were the primary breadwinner, and then the percent of college degrees that were going to women. And of course, we all know that was really dramatic. In the mid 60s, it was 6%. Today, it's over 60% of college degrees are going to women. And so, with that, I thought, you know what? I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. So, let's go out there and see who's leading a ministry for women in the workplace. Well, what I found. Was there 1,200 marketplace ministries led by men? What? <laughs> for men or men and women. Guess how many, Amy, were led by women for women beyond one city in 2010?
1: My guess is I feel like it, zero,
0: maybe. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Wow. So, I'll just go help somebody that's doing this. So I went to my mentor, Bob Buford, and I told him what I just told you. And, you know, he knows about my history and the professional world. And he said, Diane, I know you can build organizations, and you need to do this. But you've got to write a book. And I told him it'd be a total miracle because I hated to write. And he said, I'll help you with that, which he did. And he introduced me to the editor of this division of HarperCollins, and to a ghostwriter. And that was through the beginning in 2010, we launched in 2011. And you know, we've been blessed to serve 750,000 women in our first 10 years.
1: That's amazing. That is that's really incredible. And just as a side note, you know, I love how you tell us that like, you know what, a ghostwriter helped me with that because as someone who just released a book, it is a lot of work and there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And and what I love Diane is that you said, you know what, this was kind of going back to earlier when you were talking about no, saying no to something to saying yes with something that you just enlisted the help because you knew that that was not how you wanted to spend your time and that you could get help by or you could release that book by getting help. And so I think that that's an important thing for people to realize is where, you know we can bring others along with us in some of these goals that we have, and that will help get us to that successful point. So, just as a as someone who's still in kind of book launch mode,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I congratulate you, Amy, for writing a book. It's definitely not my strong suit, and so having Lynn write and have me uh, edit, and I actually had both my uh, blood kids edit it. So we'd make sure it was really my voice. So I really commend you for writing a book on your own.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And we I, that's not where I was going with that. But I just I thought that that was something that was worth pointing out in terms of our our nos and our yeses. Um, okay, so you talked some about mentorship, I want to dig into this. <laughs> some, I remember when you and I were at Trammell Crow, and you know this, but you worked pr- in the Dallas office, I still lived in Tulsa. So I would come down from Tulsa to uh, visit you and to work with you and and meet some of our customers and whatnot periodically. And I remember one time you having lunch with a young woman in the Dallas office. And I learned later that you were mentoring her. Well, I now have reconnected with her through Forward. But I know that mentorship has been really important to you, and you are now living that out through the mentorship in Forward. So you, you spoke about it just a second ago and said that it's a 10-week program. You've had 680 pairs graduate from that. Can you dig into that program structure some more so people might understand what it's like, who it's for, who would benefit from it, and all of that?
0: Yeah, great questions. So Amy, I'll start with Who is it for? So it's really the Forward Mentor Program is for any woman with a college degree who has worked in the workplace at some point in time for some period of time. A lot of women that go through the mentor program are in a transition. You know, either they're deciding to leave a certain workplace and they want to become an entrepreneur, or they're getting ready to um, go to a new season and they want to have a more flexible work environment because they're getting ready to have a family, or they're just ready to move on to a new role, and and that's really from the professional. But it could be also that they really want to grow spiritually. So I've had, um, and also relationally. So I've had women that are part of the program that really dug into a relationship that they needed to deepen or they wanted to really grow spiritually and so in some cases, there was a younger woman mentoring an older woman that, you know, was very strong from a spiritual perspective. So we really look at what did they say on their application? Um, we have over 200 mentors in our mentor pool. I mean, and people are amazed when I start telling we have the CFO of Chobani. We have the CFO of Chobani. Of, uh, Frost Bank, we have, I mean, when you look at the list of mentors, it's unbelievable. I mean, I just thank God for it. But that was why I really wanted it to be 10 weeks. So it was bounded. And the requirement of the mentor is we need seven hours of your time over 10 weeks. And they can say yes to that a lot easier than we want you to be a mentor for a year. So the structure of it is... We have a training for each the mentor and the mentee, and then we kick off with an opening um, call to really describe what everybody's roles are and who's responsible. And the mentee is really the driver of the relationship. So the mentee um, fills out their personal vision statement, their values, typically has a strength finder. Um, Typically, our mentors already have done strength finders. And so the first session between just the two of them is really getting to know each other. And then they move into goal setting in each of the three areas of their life, spiritual, relational, and professional. And then really depending on where the mentee wants to develop, they do the next three sessions around. So what are the three key actions around spiritual, relational, and professional that we wanna set out as goals, as a part of, of the mentor program? And then you know, they have one more session to do where they feel like they hadn't had a chance to go as deep as they wanted to. And then we have a closing call. And we actually just had a closing call last Friday of the 26 pairs that were in this last class. And it's just amazing to hear the stories and the life changes that happen and the new relationships that are just so deep because they've done this together.
1: That sounds like a fantastic program. And I'm just thinking in my own life, how wonderful it is to have those one-on-one relationships with the mentor-mentee, but then also be exposed to um, a broader community as well. Because I know for me, sometimes, I mean, again, going back to the planning uh, that (laughs) that we were talking about, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, okay, where do I invest on more of a micro level and where do I invest my time in relationally on a macro level? So I, I love how you give that group the opportunity to have to have both and to have that time and honestly like seven hours is totally doable over 10 weeks totally doable I thought you were going to say seven hours a week but seven hours over 10 weeks like we can do this (laughs) that's great That's (laughs) that's great okay so you talk some about growing spiritually and I would love to explore that some one of the things that you talked about in your book work love pray is this concept of growing your faith like you grow your career i think it's really easy for a lot of us to have these annual goals and these these quarterly goals and okay we're going to do this and it's, there's the t- t- checklist and and all of the things that we're very intentional about sometimes, not all the time, of course, but sometimes we are not as intentional in growing our faith like that. So I'm wondering, what are some of the ways that women can do this, and women can be intentional about growing their faith, while not dropping the ball in her other relationships at work and at home?
0: Yeah, so I would say, one of my regrets and i basically tell people you should never have regrets but i do say i have one regret and one regret is when i was really busy career wise and you know married with four children sometimes i did let starting each day in god's word lapse and about 10 years ago uh, chris and i decided we were going to do the daily you version bible study and it's just such an amazing app that we use every day. Well, we've done it now 10 years in a row. And and it's the way we start our day. We pray together. I get on the elliptical. I pull out my version app on my iPad. Um, and so I have just learned so much from just every time I learned something new that I didn't the last year that I went through it. And what I've even done further now is that I started actually summarizing it for Annie, who you know, my daughter, who's been dealing with health issues because I wanted her to wake up with encouragement from God's word. And then as my children heard that I was doing this with Annie. They're like, well, I want to be on it. Well, I want to be on it. So then I had all four of my kids receiving the summary of the Bible study, and they would say things to Chris, my husband, about what I put in the Bible study. He goes, well, I want to be on it. (laughs) So now the whole family gets this every day, and I've done it probably for four years. So, you know, when you say um, you can hear it, but then when you actually type it too, I, it just even goes in more and more. I mean, I can tell you today I was in Revelation um, and I was reading about David and Psalm and what um, David was crying out to the Lord for and then how he praised God at the end of this, this Psalm. And so, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to recall that like right on the spot for you right now if I didn't go ahead and text it in a summary. So today that takes me 30 minutes every morning, but forward created, be refreshed a year long devotional for women in the workplace. And it's all written by 188 forward women. So it's not just my perspective. It's many different. They share, you know, uh, something they were going through and what, what scripture helped them through that time. And I'll give you one dramatic one. Um, You know, one is Charity Wallace, who is Mrs. Bush's uh, deputy director in the White House for eight years. She writes what happened on 9-11. And when the Secret Service came and said, take your shoes off and run as far as away from the White House as you can. And she was thinking, I'm going back home. I'm not going to do this anymore. And she said, God put in her head, Jeremiah 29, 11, The You know, I have certain- for I know the plans I have
1: for you. Yeah. But,
0: and and she said, I, get, I, I really am here for a reason. I will stay in Washington, DC. So it's five minutes. And that's yeah. why we did it. We don't even have dates on it. Because I told the publisher, our women feel guilty about the time they spend at work. They feel time, guilty about time away from their family. We don't want any guilt to go with this devotional. We want it to be a no guilt devotional. So if they lapse for two days or two months, they pick it up where they left off and there's no dates to remind them how long it was before they uh, had it the last time.
1: I love that, and I will find that and link that to that in the show notes so people can find that really easily. And yeah, the the no guilt, no no shame approach is definitely appreciated. I'm curious, going back, I'm the daily U version plan that you have right now. Is that something like? Do you choose different plans, or is there just a daily one that you have and you basically you subscribe to and you get it all year long?
0: Yeah. If you just go on the Bible app Uh um, and there's many different plans. So I have people that do different plans. I just love this one. Um, The Hills from London actually have done it. And it has, uh, they do a devotional um, and they pull a Psalm or Proverbs Uh, the New Testament, the Old Testament. So by the end of the year, you've gone through the entire Bible and you have their, you know, take on it. And they typically started out with a title. Um, And I think today's was something like, so how do you get close to the Lord or something like that? And, um, you know, I just, I do the same one every year. I'm kind of boring but I love them and I learn a lot from them. And I mean, I'm telling you every time I go, wow, I missed that last year. So,
1: okay. Yeah, okay. Cause yeah, I do. Um, I, I do several different plans and with a handful of my friends, but we'll just do like a five day plan or a six day plan or something like that. So that's um, what a great daily encouragement to be able to do that every uh, single day. And I also like how you said that writing it really helps you remember it. It's funny. I was, I've been doing a study, um, in Priscilla Schreier's one on Elijah. And I, I have a friend who's been going through a difficult season and I was talking with her about, I said, Oh, this is so good. I need to like go back and read it to you because I just really want you to know. She's well, what was it about? And I said, I can't remember, but I know that I really wanted you to have it. And she said, and she's, um, Anyway, she said, well, I encourage you to go back and read it and then summarize it for me because that will help you remember it. And I think that there's definitely some science in our brain that correlates with, re I don't want to say regurgitating it, but reframing it in our own words and how that can really be uh, it, it can stay within us and within our heart and our head rather than just be like, oh yeah, that was good. Check, you know, check the box. I'm done with the devotional and moving on, <laughs> moving on to that. Okay. Yeah. So shifting gears a little do you still have a, a really, I mean a wonderful pulse on what it's like for Christian women in the workplace today. I'm wondering what you feel are some of the most pressing issues for these women and what guidance would you give for them in that?
0: You know, Amy, like in everything, I always look at the experts that are, um, you know, really doing research. And McKinsey put out a study in May of this year that was really great, especially through this time of the pandemic. And, um, you know, they were talking about what has happened with women from 15 to um, 2020. And senior levels, women had gone from 23% to 28%. Executive level had gone from 17 to 21. And they were giving that data to basically say, okay, now hear what's happening One point, one out of four people are downshifting or leaving the workplace today. And basically, women in the workplace, we're going to go back 10 years because of what has happened through COVID. And some of the things that they summarize that I do see through a lot of our women that are involved with Forward is that there's... Why is this downshift happening, or why are women leaving the workplace? It's because women typically carry the burden of caregiving and household chores. So, you know, 75% of caregivers out there are women. And it's not just of children, it's elderly parents. Um, so, with COVID, as we know, that got exacerbated because. Nobody was going anywhere, they were all in their houses. Um, And so then the follow-on is there were mental health issues and there are mental health issues and there's also loneliness issues. And so we heard a lot through Forward that if it wasn't for this virtual, because we were doing everything on Zoom rather than face-to-face, there wasn't this virtual community. I don't know if me, in apartment, in Philadelphia, never been married, no kids, if I could have got through this without having this community around me. So um, I just think that companies are really going to need to figure out uh, a way to have a flexible work environment. And at the same time, don't penalize women that aren't coming to the office every day. You know, if they're just doing a stellar job, you should, let, you should ask them to be a partner in the firm. I mean, if they're at that level, you know, just because they have a need for a little more flexible workplace. Um, and then the other thing I would say is I mentioned the mentor program how important it is, whether it's the Forward Mentor Program or through your church or whatever, to have mentors in your life. And also just have a community because community just helps you in all areas of your life, spiritually, relationally, professionally. And I'll tell you, I also looked at this study done by a a New York City-based Christian group, and this is of men and women. And their biggest issues were work-life balance, burnout, do I quit or stay? Do I work at the office or at home and how much at each? So that was amongst just Christian men and women. And, it's, and so it's not just women that are feeling this. So I, those are, I think, the key issues right now.
1: I'm wondering if, are you hopeful and I'm, I can see, you know, so I wear gym shoes to my work (laughs) and I'm not necessarily in the professional world, but I definitely, uh, you know, my husband is, and he runs the office, um, you know, here in our city and just seeing some of the discussions that they have had and some of the changes that they have made through COVID. And I'm wondering if, if you're hopeful um, or maybe if the, if the question is as hopeful as I am, that companies are starting to embrace the productivity that people are able to offer, whether or not they are in the office face to face or at home. Be- and I know different co- Companies have different cultures, but like my husband's company went to a hybrid method. So Monday and Friday, everybody works from home and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everybody comes in, which I feel like is more beneficial to everyone suffering from that work-life balance that you're talking about and the burnout. But, but particularly, gosh, it sure does make it easier if you've got to leave for half an hour to go grab your child from school. It's a lot easier to do that when you're working from home than it is if you're having to cut out of the office.
0: For sure. No, I'm really hopeful. And I, I really think the companies that are going to get this are going to be have such a competitive advantage because they are going to be able to hire 50% of the workplace better than other companies because people are going to be asking these questions. And it's not going to be only women. I think it's going to be, especially mm-hmm. the younger generation, men and women are going to be asking the questions about the culture and the flexible work environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a great call to action for companies to figure out how they can support their workforce in a in a more balanced way. Definitely. So, you know, speaking of work life balance, Many of my community are just right in the middle of everything. They are in their 40s and 50s. They might have teens at home or young adults at home, and they have aging parents, maybe both. <laughs> uh, maybe investing in their career. I mean, this is the kind of... T- I was having a conversation with someone who's about my age, and he said, this is it. He was like, he's an attorney, and this is the time that I really need to invest in this. So I'm wondering if you have any encouragement because we all need our own encouragement in different ways, but any encouragement for the women who is just overwhelmed, stressed, burnt out, and just tired. I mean, I remember reading in, one, in your book in Work, Love, Pray, you just say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And, and I, I know you're not alone. I know there are other people who are feeling that way.
0: Well, Amy, I've learned a lot in my last 40 years of life after I became an adult, and I also have learned from some amazing people. So I would just say, you know, you've got to take care of yourself first. And so, you know, having time for some prayer and Bible study, that was my one regret that I hadn't always done that all my life exercise, eat well, sleep enough. Because when you're up on your game in all those areas, you're just so much better able to handle great things coming at you and really tough things coming at you. And now I'll get into five specifics. Um, and this is from my friend, Molly Fletcher. I love it when she shares this on her podcast. She says, first, figure out what's most important to you. What are your priorities to give you clarity? And I remember at Trammell Crow um, and CBRE, the CEO, Bob Selenik, and I used to say, you know, this time in life, we're focusing on our careers and focusing on raising our families and maybe attending church every Sunday. But, you know, when our kids are grown, we can and write checks, right? But when our kids are grown, we can get involved in community activities. We can get more involved in our church. You know, so remember, life is long and it, it's a marathon. And so don't try to do it all. Because if you looked at my life when you knew me, it was basically working my family and then attending church on Sunday. Now I'm in a totally different stage of life. So I love when Molly says, figure out what's important. I remember they offered me the global sales role at CBRE and they were like, why are you not taking this? I said, my family's my priority and I'd have to travel way too much. Um, Second, execute. So um, Chris and I, this is an example of executing around what was most important to us. So for Chris and me, it was faith, it was family. um, And then it was work. And we, always worked on our calendars so that as much as we could, I would travel one night a week and he would travel one night a week and they would be different one nights a week so that one of us would be there with our family each night. Um, sometimes we weren't able to manage it perfectly, but we really tried. The third thing Molly says is set systems in place and communicate often and so, you know, when we had a lot going on with four kids and two careers and all the other things, you know, we ran each morning together. And that's when we kind of said, who's picking up Opie? Who's going to get Rose from band practice? You know, and so we planned the day as we ran. But even on the weekend, we planned the week together. Uh, and the other thing, we even put boundaries around our kids' activities. We said, you know, two apiece. You know, and I know some families like their kids are involved in like eight things. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. How are you doing this? So I know everybody has their own life. So I'm not saying my life is your life. But, um, you know, those were some of the systems we put in place. Have courage to adjust. So like every plan, you still have to kind of modify. I remember Molly telling the story that, you know, she she started out as the first female agent for professional athletes. And she said her mom and dad came to visit her in Atlanta and like all the time she was getting calls from her athletes, you know, and she's picking it all And her mom called her on it. She goes, Molly, Molly, what's the most important thing in your life? And she goes, you gotta learn how to put boundaries around your work. And uh, you know, so it was really great that her mom really helped her with that. And she talks about that a lot. You know, my friend Carla that I mentioned that's the highest ranking woman on Wall Street, she's adopted two girls and she will not travel or speak on Saturday nights because she wants to be sure she's home on the weekends with her girls. So, you know, have the courage to adjust. Carla adjusted when she adopted these two, two daughters. And then have accountability partners. And I was really blessed. My boss at CBRE, Mike Lafitte, when I, when my travel was, I could have gone crazy. You know, I said, I really want to do one night a week. And he said, it's going to be a part of your bonus plan. And so I had to show him at the end of the year how many nights I traveled. And so he was my accountability partner, you know, as far as my professional you know, travel. So I would just say have accountability partners in your life that um, you have respect for. So when they call you on it, you just say, yep, you're right. Okay, I gotta, I gotta adjust. Molly's five is figure out what's important, execute, set systems in place and communicate often, have the courage to adjust and have someone that will hold you accountable
1: those are five really fantastic guidances and beca- this is what drives my family crazy is as i as you're saying this i'm I, i'm thinking you can do the same thing from a health perspective right like figuring out what's important to you in terms of taking care of yourself and and all of the things and which is what makes me really annoying at my house but <laughs> But you can, but it's, it's so true. Like you can have all five of these things and probably have it applicable in whatever area that you're really trying to flourish in, because those are, those are so, um, they're specific, but they're also broad reaching in their goals. That's fantastic. Okay. So I have two more questions that I ask all of my guests, um, Two different kinds of questions. So one is I am fascinated by tattoos. Don't even ask me why I don't know. But what I have found is people who choose to have permanent body art often have a story that goes behind it. And I don't have any I, I've never really I've just never really felt like I wanted to put one on there, but I love asking questions. So I'm the annoying person who, when someone, like when a waiter reaches out and they've got something on their, on their forearm, I'm asking about it. I also embarrass my family doing that, but I was wondering if you have any tattoos, if you would share uh, the meaning behind any of them. And if you don't, but you had to get one, what would it be and where would it go? Yeah.
0: Great question. I love that question. So first of all, I don't have any, but people could say my cross around my neck and my, my cross on my finger is my tattoo because I wear these every day. Um, And uh, so my answer would be that I would have a cross on my wrist if I had a tattoo, because I would, you know. People like you would ask, why do you have a cross on your wrist? And that gives you the chance to share um, the great gift that we got from our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the gift of eternal life. But my daughters both have tattoos, and they have stories behind them. One, One has a dove, and one has love written in Hebrew on her wrist, and they're both, you know, strong from a faith perspective. So they have expressed that in a tattoo.
1: I love that. That's super cool. Oh, goodness. Okay. And then, do you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share?
0: Well, my favorite verse is Ephesians 3 20 and 21. And, and the verse basically says that God can do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. And it really became my favorite verse through forward because. If you would have told me when I started Forward in in, um, 2011 when we launched that we would have 750,000 women involved in Forward, I would have said, you were out of your mind. Um, I mean, we have the owner of the Cubs that's a part of Forward. I mean, it's the the people that have gotten involved, um, just the growth, how lives have been changed. It's way beyond what I could have done. So... I, I just think that's just the perfect verse for what's happened at Forward.
1: That is, it is so true, immeasurably more than we could imagine. It, uh, yeah. Sometimes I forget to give God enough credit with all that He can do because He has definitely told me to do things, and I've stuck my fingers in my ears and said no. And and. As a spoiler alert, that does not turn out very well. <laughs> he, he, he always gets it done. He can do it. <laughs> oh gosh, Diane, this has been so fun. Tell people how they can connect with you and learn more about Forward if they would like to be involved in the community groups, in the Bible studies, or in the mentorship program.
0: Our website is ww.the number four word women dot org. And you can go to the website and you can see where you click on mentor program or community groups, and you can find what cities we're in. And it doesn't matter where you are. We have a group that will be virtual that you can join. Uh, and then our content is there with podcasts. You have to look at my daughter-in-law. she She's one of um, Joanna Gaines' first three designers. So she, her blog is called her fixer upper journey which is really fun that that laura's blog is our highest hit blog of the whole 10 years but um (laughs) and just encouraging content there so and then we're on all social media channels and if you just google forward on facebook it will come up
1: all right thank you so much diane thank you amy this was really great Thank you to Diane for sharing your wisdom, your specific action points I always love and I'm now I'm reminded at how you are just you just bring some really really good stuff in um, your perspective in helping Christian women connect and flourish in the workforce. If you are listening to this on or near the release date, Forwards mentorship program is opening its doors soon. So go check that out. If you are thinking, huh, I could probably use a mentor. And if you are like me and think, you know, this doesn't sound too bad, like in terms of just the short, the shortened program. And of course, the the digital content and the community groups are super valuable as well. I highly recommend them and uh, just really enjoy both the connections and the content that comes across my email inbox. Hey, and speaking of valuable, if you found today's episode valuable, I have great news for you. I have more value for you. I have all kinds of free resources on my website, like a 14-day health and body image devotional, a program called Squat-Free Strong Legs. So if you have bad Ds or, you know, just not quite to the point where you're comfortable squatting or lunging anymore, this is for you. And then I also have a bundle of my, my family's favorite protein-packed Breakfast recipes. So you can get all of those over at slash resources. Now, each episode, I try to leave you with one simple thing to remember because often my guests bring such an abundance of information and it's hard to remember sometimes all of it. So this is the one simple thing I would love for you to remember. Different seasons come and go in our career, but the need for community always remains. If you are feeling isolated, like so many are, uh, maybe you need some mentorship, or you're just lacking some community forward women, maybe just the place to get you around other like minded women who will help build you and your faith. Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a great day.